Welcome back to Rated Radio with your hosts, Rayburn Alexander and Shane Windham. Rayburn, what Billboard hit did we cover this week? Easy on Me by Adele. What'd you think? Adele's mature vocals are always a frontrunner, but we hear her after becoming a mother and a survivor of divorce, so this track, like most of her others, carries a somber note and is sure to make you feel all the feels. Five stars. Five stars for me as well. That's pretty obvious considering the artist. Not quite as devastating as Hello, but the melody and vocal interplay are all very engrossing. If you like sad love songs by artists like Taylor Swift or Rihanna, you're going to dig this. But none of what I'm saying really matters today because we've got a music guest on set. Masa, you ready to get into it? I'm ready, man. Let's do it. (laughs) I appreciate you coming on. Let's jump in. So I apologize. I did you dirty just now. Masa Lopez. Masa Lopez. Is yeah. here with us. It's all good, man. Old friend of mine from school. Yeah, we go way back. Local rapper. Um, I know you by some other names, but we're not going to go there today. <laughs> going to kick it professional. Uh, I've got a few questions for you before we start talking about Bone Thugs. All right, let's do it, man. And uh, let's go ahead and, and mention here at the outset that the verses that just happened we did not plan that shit. No. Not at all. <laughs> at all. I thought you did when you when we first talked about it, and then like a week later they announced the verses. I was like, did he know that was coming? Or <laughs> no, that just happened. No, I did not. So that's crazy. But we'll talk more about that in a bit. So I wanted to ask, which artists have influenced your music most? I don't know. It's kind of crazy, man. I um, I still listen to a lot of the old artists that I grew up on, you know. But uh, the one artist, and I don't even listen to him like that no more, but he was the one that kind of like uh, influenced me a lot as a kid was uh, South Park Mexican. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, I remember the first time I heard, I actually met him before I ever heard his music. And uh, when I first heard his music and um, just him being Mexican and he was from Houston, that kind of inspired me, man. Like I was like, man, that's just right there. And if he can do it, I can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I always, I don't, just with his whole history, him being in prison, it's kind of weird, you know, gray area, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But but I honestly could say he probably influenced me the most at the, out of everybody. You know what I mean? What was it like to meet him? Um. Well, when I met him, I didn't know who he was. You know, like uh, yeah. I was at a... Kind of like a flea market type thing in Corpus Christi. And uh, they had like a whole Dope House Records booth there. And um, he stopped me and was like, hey, showing me his music. They had like a little CD player set up and I was listening to his music, you know. But my mom was like rushing me like, come on, let's go. And I remember he was just like, uh, hey, man, listen to your moms. And I was just like, all right. And I, I walked <laughs> off, you know. And I was living in Corpus at that time. And then uh, maybe about a year later, I moved to, uh, to Denton. And um, I was uh, listening to... Um, K104 one night, they used to have Michael Watts, used to be on K104 mm-hmm. and would do like a, like a screw hour or something where they would play a lot of screwed up music. And I remember hearing, what was it, Merry Go Round from SPM, he played it in his mix. And I remembered that song from the flea market, you know, and I was like, hey, I told my sister, I was like, I think that's the artist that we met, you know? <laughs> and then like shortly after that, it was like he blew up. And all starts and he to come was, together. Yeah. And then it was just like, hey, man, we actually, so I actually met him before he blew up, you know that's what I mean? That's cool. Nice. 
That's very cool. It was SPM versus Los. That was the first one I ever heard, yeah. and it was screwed as fuck, and I was so high. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> who shouldn't listen to your music? Man, who shouldn't listen? I want everybody to listen to it, man. <laughs> but if you don't like, like, I like to do, like, street, real, sometimes, like, emotional. Like, I like to put my heart in my music, man. So if, you, if that's not your style, then maybe you shouldn't listen. Right. You got an emotional side, and I yeah, think it I comes do. through in your music. Yeah. You feel I, it. Yeah, I do get emotional, man. My wife tells me that all the time. I'm emotional, you know what I mean? <laughs> Since we're and it's gotten worse as I've gotten older, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Since we're kind of on the subject, I'm curious to know, what is your favorite song that you've done? I think probably I really one like. of my favorite songs that I did was probably like the first song that I started getting some attention for. And I had those like my first big video ever shot mm -hmm. was uh, Shook Back. Like mm -hmm. I actually purchased that um, that beat from uh, Mike Millian. It was actually like two producers working together, uh, Dub from Tennessee and Mike Million. They're like two different producers, but together they have like a, they go by Dub and Mail. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So I bought that beat from them and um, I actually had that idea for that hook in my head before I even heard the beat. Like I kept, I remember driving and I would be like, I should back on the ass. I kept, <laughs> yeah. I kept saying that to myself, you know, and then when I heard the beat, I kind of like matched it with it. And that song just came to me. Like I just started, I'm like driving or wherever and it was, I'm just like writing lyrics, writing lyrics in yeah. my head, you know? And then I ended up calling my producer, Izzy, and uh, we went in there. We knocked it out, you know. And um, I got a lot of love from that song. Like that song, I think I ended up doing tours mm -hmm. and doing all kinds of stuff. And I think a lot of that had to do with that song because it kind of put me like on, a, on another level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think people started taking me serious with that song. Well, I noticed when looking through your discography that you have quite a bit of collabs. And yeah. some of my favorites, I really liked uh, when you did Tatted with Zilla. Yeah. I liked that one. You also, Real is another one of my favorites. That was yeah, another collaboration. Yeah, Rock Baby. Yeah, that was another yeah, collaboration. That's my boy. Shout out to Rock Baby. <laughs> and um, platinum and gold, gold, platinum and gold. Platinum that's and gold. with uh, my boy Level Nine. I like them. Appreciate I like them. I, I like the collaboration. That. And all of those songs, all of those nice. songs, it's crazy because they all have their own, you know, their little story of how they came about. You know, mm -hmm. um, well, like on real. You kind of sounded bone thuggish to mm -hmm. me in real. It had like an old school rap yeah. feel to it. So that's what like, we were kind of right. going for. What it reminded me of was like an old Scarface, mm -hmm. something like that, like old old school kind of rap. And uh, my boy Rock Baby, he has he's the one who sang on the hook, and he's on mm -hmm. the second verse. He actually, when I first heard the beat, I could hear him. Like in my head, I was like, I could hear Rock Baby singing on this. That's cool. You know what I mean? And um, so I bought the beat from Izzy, and I ended up shooting it to to Rock Baby, and I was like. Um, Man, I don't, I don't know. I just, I want you to write some like gangster, some player type stuff, mm -hmm. like some old school rap. You know what I mean? I was like, just do your thing on it. See if you can come up with a hook, and we'll go back and forth and see. We'll put something together, and then maybe a few days later, he's like, I got something for you, and he sent it to me. Like his, he had like a little rough draft of the hook, mm -hmm. and then when I heard it, I was like, oh yeah, that's it. I like that. You know, well, it was yeah. cool to see such a variety in your music because you had that old style, but mm -hmm. then platinum and gold. It's got that newer, yeah. that newer style too. Yeah. So the there's a and lot think, of variety there. And I think that has a lot to do with Level Nine because you know Level Nine's up and coming. He's actually doing this thing, you know what I mean? And he's he's a younger artist, mm -hmm. and they have that whole I don't want to call him swag rap. I don't I really don't know how to classify them, but they're like the young they're the younger the younger artists. You yeah. know what I mean? So their whole style and everything's different. It, it reminded me a lot of like uh, like Lil Yachty stuff. Yeah, like something that like sound. that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you you can definitely sense the the I'm kind of like the old the head. I'm like the old head messing with the young rappers. That's what I'm saying. But well, it felt nice that your flow hit so well there. Yeah. I can say that I like shook back enough so much that it, it wound up on my novel soundtrack. Yeah. Like I wrote a whole last chapter 
listening to that song. Like straight up, I the place I had to be in my head to write that chapter was listening to that song. I will say one of my favorites though. We're gonna talk about later. Okay, we're not gonna talk about that yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what do you often wish you had help with when it comes to making music? One thing I wish I had help with was like marketing, like promotion. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I got the music part down. Like let me get in the studio and create and do my thing. But I've always been an independent artist. I've had like. Um, a partner, manager. I was, uh, well, still a part of Cash and Respect. Mm-hmm. And uh, Miller the Mayor, that's my boy, he's my partner with the, the Den Recording Studio. Um, but uh, I've always had his support and his backing. And I've had a backing from other artists and other friends in the past. But uh, really, it's always been like more of an independent grind. Like I've been doing this all on my own type stuff. You know what I mean? I've had a little help from them and I appreciate it all. But it's always like um, I make the music, but I don't know what to do with it after I do it. You know yeah. what I mean? I can mm-hmm. only do so much myself. And that's where I was like, man, I wish I had help. I wish I had a team of people that could help put my music in the right place or, you know what I mean? Put it in front of people that normally wouldn't hear it, you know? Mm-hmm. Speaking my language. Yeah. So that's my, that's my big issue, man. I was going to say, Shane, Shane has personal experience from that, too. I wake up daily for year, decades now. Hell, just produce and produce and produce. It's like, well, I guess I just put it I'm out there. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not even going to lie. And um, <clears throat> music is, is something hard, man. Like, um, I don't know how many times I've wanted to quit. And just stop doing it just because I'm like, man, I've been doing this. I've been putting in so much work. And you feel like nobody's listening. Yeah, to or it. I feel like it's not reaching as, uh, you know, it's not getting as far as I want it to go, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I can go to the store and I get recognized and by people I don't even know. You know what I mean? That's so I'm like, feeling. man, that must be, I must be doing something right. So I was like, I, I just need to keep doing it, man. But I'm not even going to lie. Just life itself, man, has discouraged me from music sometimes, you yeah. know. Life's a bitch. Exactly. <laughs> Real life always comes and gets in the way. You know, you can't just be on the road all the time yeah. doing shows and producing nonstop. And then, you know, I got married um, back in uh, 2020. So when I got married, I, I, thank you. Thank you. When I got married, I kind of slowed down a lot too. I was like, you know what? I'm getting older. I got my family now. I still do the music, but now I'm more focused on my home, my household. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If there's anything that I learned from Shane, it's whatever project you're working on, Make sure you're doing it for you first mm-hmm. before you do it for anybody else. And I can tell I watch this motherfucker online. So he'll be joking sometimes about how maybe he's done and he just wants to produce. Yeah. And you could tell I, I already know I read that shit and I'm like, I give it a week and that it should be coming. <laughs> and, and, it <laughs> and it comes it and goes, man. <laughs> it comes and goes. I'm not even going to lie. And I was like, uh, I don't know if y'all want to get into that now, but that was like the whole reason why I opened the studio. Like uh, that was my idea behind the studio. The Den 940, right? Yeah, the you- Den 940. We're right here in didn't on the, off of Locust Street. Um, but that was the whole idea behind the studio because I felt like I was um, I was like lacking creativity, like inspiration. Like I didn't have the motivation to do music. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And like I said, that just has to stuff that I'm going through in life, you know? So I was kind of started thinking like, man, I'm getting older. Like um, I still love doing music, but I don't necessarily have to be doing my own music. Yeah, you, you know? want it to be a part of your life no yeah. matter what. Exactly. And I was, was like, you know what? And a way for me to be a part of creating music is... Because I was already recording people, but I was doing it like out of my house or mobile. I would mm-hmm. go to their house and record them. You know what I mean? But I was like, I've always liked that because like, uh, like I said, I, I just like being a part of creating the music, yeah. even if it's not my own music. And I like when artists come in and they um, have an idea for a song, but they've really never been in a studio or they don't know how to structure a song. Mm-hmm. So I kind of help them out. And next thing you know, they leave happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's that's what's up. That's what I like. I yeah. dig it. But even now, even now, I'm still like, I'm trying to, I got have a, like, I have a project right now that I'm getting ready to release and it's been ready, but I just haven't put it out. Cause like I said, I haven't had no motivation. Okay. 
I didn't think it was but ready. I yet, I'm but. always I'm always working on music. Like I always like I just did a song a couple of days ago, and I just put like a little sample out on Instagram. But I have music that I've never put out, and I'm just still working trying to gather up songs. So I get my like I said, I get in my little moods where I kind of feel like you said I'm like man, I'm done with this. I'm just gonna yeah. do this. You know what I mean? But then my my wife, she's like big inspiration. Like she's like motivates me. She tells me like man, quit looking for motivation and go just do it. That's good to have. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, you say you want to be, you need motivation, you need inspiration. She said, who's going to do that better than yourself? Just do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, don't stop, just do it. Yeah. So I'm trying to try to make that happen. I'm trying to keep that, you know, keep it going like that. Like, well, I guess that answers my question of what drives you every day to make music. So there you go. Well, yeah. Well, she is. And then the people that really makes me want to keep doing music is her. And then just the, the feedback that I get from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I meet people and I see people all the time and they tell me hey man like I, I really fuck with you or i really like your music and it, it's even happened out of town not even just in didn't you know yeah. what i mean so i'm like man okay I, I feel that and i like that you know what i mean it makes me feel good so i'm like okay so i'm doing something right here yeah, yeah you know what i mean part of the problem is that take someone like yourself you're still in your hometown yeah and that's a respectable thing i i don't want to leave this place either but i see it a lot in like music books and marketing books so you have to get out of your yeah, hometown you got to go to those yeah. big places because it's all just this big circle of like let's build each other up you don't necessarily have that in your hometown with the people you grew up with it's not a knock against them it's just we're all living our lives yeah they they see us we went to school with them so they're like oh that's just so-and-so like i went to school with him you know Mm -hmm. they they don't take you as serious as Mm -hmm. somebody that's not from here that knows nothing about you you know what i mean you see all those memes like oh is this the person you grew up with in high school still trying to be a rapper in his hometown (laughs) or whatnot like yeah you're still making good music yeah yeah Anyway, what's the untold story behind one of your songs? Oh, I don't know. I got so many. Every, like I said, every song kind of has a story. And like my new project, I have, uh, like we were talking about how I get emotional and stuff. My new song is called, my new uh, project is called True Story. And um, I have uh, some songs that had never been heard, but I get real personal. And um, a lot of that has to do with, like I said, life, man. Just per- I, I talk about a lot of real stuff. Yeah. Like I might mention stuff like uh, 2020 was hard, you know, mm-hmm. like. We lost a lot of people. I lost a lot of friends from COVID and just car wrecks and just health stuff. You know, just I lost a lot of people. And you so, lost people before that, too. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's we've lost a, a whole lot of people, man. And, and, and like I said, a lot of that, I don't get too into detail. Like, I'm not going to say exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I'll I'll kind of touch on subjects and I'll like mention people, real names and mm-hmm. and I talk about real situations. You know what I mean? So I hear some lyrics sometimes that just take me back to my childhood. It's like, you're not getting too specific, but I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm not, I, I like, I'm going gonna, gonna to leave the door open, but I'm not going to like, I'm going to leave, leave it cracked, I'll but you're not going to leave it exactly, open. Exactly. You know what I mean? But um, as far as you say, like untold story, I was like, man, I kind of give you a little bit and I won't, I won't get too much into it. You know what I mean? But every song I think has a little bit of truth behind it, man. A little mm. bit of my life experiences and stuff. And some songs are just like for fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a, if you know, you know if situation. If you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, bonus side question here then. Where, because I, you know, I've been out the loop for about yeah. half a lifetime now. Where did Masa Lopez come from? Okay, well, that actually came from, um, and it's crazy because it all started because I used to go by Doe. When I was like uh, 17, as well, I, you know, I've been rhyming and rapping since 13, 14. That's when I started trying to rap. And um, Always writing, by the way. Yeah. It was in my very first poetry collection. He used to write with me way back in the day. Yes, that's sir. How far yes, back sir. We go. And that's how I started rhyming. And it's crazy. We'll get into that in a second. But um, so I, um, when I was like 17, you remember Marcos? Little oh, Man? Yeah. 
So, you know, me and Little Matt go way back as little kids, man. And um, I used to, you remember Adrian? Adrian Laredo? Yes. That was my dog. You know, that was my <laughs> homie back in the day. And we were hanging out and I used to like freestyle and be rapping to her. And she used to tell me, I know somebody that can rap. And he goes, he goes hard. Like, I'm going to introduce you to him. So I was like, okay. And one day I'm chilling. She calls me and she's like, uh, hey, I got my homeboy with me. If you want to come outside and meet him. And I go outside and it's fucking Marcos. You know what I mean? And me and, me and Marcos go way back and I'm like, this is your boy. That's my, that's my homie. You know what I mean? And he played a song for me that he had did, that he had recorded. And it sounded good to me. And I was like, that is not you, man. That's not you. I didn't believe him. And then he was like, you think I'm bullshitting, man? And he ended up calling the producer, which ended up living like two blocks from me. And we walked over there. And that night I did a song. I did my very first song I ever recorded. And they were like, what are you going to call yourself? You need like a rapper name, a stage name. I said, you know what? I'm going to go by Doe, like Doe Boy. And I was mistaken because my older cousin, he used to rap and do music when I was younger. And they used to be like, oh, he's going to blow up. He's doing his thing. So I was like paying homage to him because I thought he went by Doe. You know what I mean? <laughs> but come to find out, that was like one of his homies. It wasn't even him. Gotcha. Um, so I kind of took that name, like paying like respect to my cousin. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to call myself Dope. And I did that for like a few years. But then I was always looking for a new name. I was always searching for a way to kind of twist it up and change it up a little bit. So if y'all don't know, masa means like dough, like in Spanish, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I kind of changed it to masa. A few people like Little Matt used to call me masa, but he did it like jokingly thinking it was funny. So I just went by Masa and I was still looking. For, I always like artists that had first and last names. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of artists that have, you know, first like uh, Travis Scott. Okay. Something like that. You know what I mean? I always liked the artist that had like, a, like it sounded like a real name. So I was trying to come up with something like that. And then um, I was actually watching uh, Blood In, Blood Out. You know, and that's like one of my favorite movies. I used to watch it on repeat as a kid. And uh, there's one part where like uh, the black gang and the Mexican gang, they're like at the fence in prison and they're, they're fixing to go to war. And they're talking about it. They're talking about making a truce or something, right? So one of the characters tells him, he mentions a character that you never see. They only mention him one time, but he mentions a character in a movie called, I don't even know if I'm saying it right, like Mosca Lopez. Okay. He was like, he said something about, what about Mosca Lopez? Something like that. And when I heard it. The light bulb went off. Yeah, it was like, bing. <laughs> yeah. And I said, did he say Masa? You know, and I like rewinded. I said, no, nah, he didn't. I said, but I like that though. <laughs> and then uh, Lopez is actually... Um, my family name, like, you know, my dad was uh, Lopez Vasquez, his name, you know, his Lopez oh, okay. was his middle name. Like, uh, Lopez is uh, my family name on my dad's side, mm. on his mom's side. That's where the Lopez is where. So it kind of like, it, it Paying fit. homage. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I just put it together. And um, the very first song I ever used that, I was doing a song with my boy Easy and another friend, A1. And um, I used to always, D-O-E. You know, I used to do some shit like that yeah. before I started rapping. And then that day I was doing a song and I just kind of said, Masa Lopez. And they were like, what? They were like, and people were like, liked it. A few people were like, that's kind of dope. That's kind of dope. And then it just stuck from there. I just started calling myself that. And it um it stuck. Now everybody knows me. But it's crazy how it all came about. It started off as dope and I switched it to Masa. Mm -hmm. And then I watched the movie and I heard that. And it kind of like all kind of shit. Evolution. Just kinda, yeah. Evolution it just kind of evolved into Lopez. that. I dig it. It rolls off the tongue i, I always thought it sounded good together too should have you know? known it had something to do with blood in it. <laughs> well, i've been, told that story before too i've never i don't think i've ever gotten like in detail about it but yeah it's like i said that's the best way you can say it yeah. evolved from one thing to another shane's told me some of the other names that we're not going to mention here that he knows you by and you can you i'm actually i'm not worried i'm not embarrassed by it or nothing like that you know some people know me as and i'll go ahead and say some people know me as chewy Mm -hmm. That's my. And that's that's what like I, a that's nickname. What I knew you as. And that's like a nickname uh, 
like Latinos, Hispanics named Jesus get. If your name is Jesus, a lot of times they call you Chewy. You know what I mean? Like I have a brother-in-law, my sister's husband's named Jesus and they call him Chewy too. You know, but that was mostly like uh, close family, friends, people I grew up with call me that. A lot of people nowadays don't know that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but my real name is Jesus. And so uh, if you work with me and went to school with me, that's how, you know, you'll call me Jesus. Yeah, immediate. It was like first day of school, Jesus. Yeah. We start trying to talk to you. He's like, man, call me Chewy. <laughs> well, I feel like this reunion would be made much more perfect with a plate of Crispitos here. Man, don't be hating on Crispitos. I'm not hating. I want to try them. But I heard. Some cheese fries. Dude. I read and those that. Those good rolls from school. The rolls, man. <laughs> The rose. <laughs> I read somewhere that you've been writing music as early as sixth grade. Yeah. I and, was, it started off not music, but poetry. Oh, yeah. 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 You've and been writing was, yeah. since sixth grade. And it all started, I've told this story before too, it all started like a, a class project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in sixth grade together. Me and Shane were, that's where I met Shane in sixth grade. And uh, we were, we went to Hodge Elementary and we were in Miss, uh, Miss Richards. Mm-hmm. We were in Miss, Miss Richards. Ri- Miss Richards class in sixth grade. And I think uh, we actually split time between her and Miss Shelton that year, but it was Miss Richards who yeah, was we did. Yeah, we poetry. did. We did because they would, we would go in there for like social studies or something mm-hmm. like that, right? But I I remember uh, meeting Shane, and Shane was always like real creative, artistic. You know no. what I mean? I was always <laughs> like that. And uh, but I remember we were like work doing poetry, studying poetry or whatever in school. Yeah. And they gave was like an assignment. Everybody had to write a poem and like present it in front of the class. And I I was just like wasn't into it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I wrote like a short poem about. A a football, like if I was a football. Okay. And uh, I remember. Do you remember that? Changed the perspective a little bit. I, uh, right. I I did not remember it. I I wrote it. A, it sounds entirely too familiar. I now. wrote the uh, the poem about um like if like in my perspective if I was the football and mm-hmm. how I felt, you know, getting tossed around. Yeah, exactly. And... Like uh, it was it was kind of funny. I, I when I wrote it. I didn't mean for it to be funny. I was just trying to do the assignment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when we got up there and I presented it, I remember the whole class just laughing and like they liked it, you know? And then after I did my thing, Shane was like, man, I really like that. I remember Shane telling me like, I like that. And I think you have like potential to like write. Like, I think you have something there. Like if you keep working at it. It was so, just so unique, man. I mean, everybody's going to get up there and do, you know, some love poem or some yeah. imitation of Edgar Allan Poe or something. No, I'm a fucker talking about a football. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but i remember shane was the one that was like i like it. he kind of told me like man you should try writing more yeah and then shane would be like hey i'm writing a poem you want to write it with me you want to help me write it and i was like all right i don't really know much about it but shane was like uh man i'll show you like i'll show you how to because when i used to write it would just like i'd write a letter like everything would just be crammed in together mm-hmm. and shane was like i like what you're saying but i just it's hard to read how to structure it yeah a little so bit. he showed me how to structure my poems mm-hmm. you know what i mean so they would be uh, legible to people and stuff and then just through that he's like the one that told me i had like potential or i had like a uh, talent when it came to writing because like i never even that wasn't even something i thought about or even wanted to do you know what i mean i get it well the but, talent was there all along yeah you know but he helped bring that out you yeah. know and um i started writing with shane and i bragged to people all the time i was like man i'm like a published poet you know <laughs> and i was like i was like 13 14 and i had uh, one of my poems put in a book you know what i mean and uh, that was all because of shane if i'm not mistaken you won like a contest or something i did it one point yeah. i remember you won like a contest and i think the prize was like they printed like a book or you had like a book published of all your work yeah and chicken I, soup for the teenage soul. i wasn't that stuff 
I did mess around with that. I remember I got I got pretty disheartened for a while because of uh I think it was theater, man. We were big into theater for a while yeah. in middle school too, but it was just the easy class. Man, it was. <laughs> it was fun. Like, all we did was hang out in the yeah. back and write oh, poems yeah, I and know. stuff. But the flip side of that is uh the things that you introduced me to, which going back to Blood In, Blood Out, it's yeah. an appreciation for film. It was also an appreciation for types of music that I didn't necessarily listen to at the time. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. We all like to look back and they, they give me shit because I listened to you know super emotional crybaby music or mm-hmm. whatnot. But I get some of that from you. Yeah. Because, you know, I coming up with Chris and all that, it was just rap. Yeah. That's what we listened to. So... Yeah, I dig a little R&B here and there, but some I other stuff, too, it, it, it all... And it's like, you know, music will take you back to a certain time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And um, there's a lot of music that I learned from you, like Linkin Park. And uh, I'm, I know there's more. I remember you used to have like a bunch of CDs, man, and like Kid Rock. <laughs> I remember hearing Kid Rock and like Linkin Park and uh, other artists for the first time through Shane. Oh, you know? yeah. And um, I remember Shane showing me how to play certain things on the piano. And I still do that. I still play that in the end. Yeah, you know that little. Yeah. Oh, I still yeah. play that when I see a piano. I still play it. <laughs> but Jeff, um, like I give, I give you a lot of credit for that, man. Like I appreciate that. I, re- I really do because it's like you saw something in me back then that I didn't even see in myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think if you would have did that, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be Masa Lopez. I wouldn't be the rapper. You know what I mean? I may have eventually came to that, but I think Shane kind of brought that out of me. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, like I said, I think the talent's been there all along. Yeah, but he helped me recognize that talent, you know? All people need is a little nudge, man. Mm -hmm. Exactly, man. And you know what? That's why, like, um, I I deal with a lot of artists, and some of them, you can tell they're beginners, and they need a little work. They don't have that confidence in themselves. Yeah, exactly. They don't believe in themselves like they should. And I I sit there, and I show everybody love, man, and I try to motivate everybody and help them sound as good as I can, because I'm like, it might just be the nerves. You probably go stupid hard. You're probably Mm -hmm. stupid talented. But you're just nervous because you don't know me. You might be intimidated or whatever the thing may be, yep. you know? Yeah. But I always just say, you know, uh, Shane, man, brought that out of me. And he helped me out a lot with that. And um, that's why I always give you credit, man. Like, I love you for that. You know what I mean? Like, I love for real. you back, man. Because it's like, man, like I said, we go way back to little kids. And if it wasn't for that stupid little poem I wrote, yeah. you know what I mean? I probably wouldn't be rhyming still. And then, like I said, I, when, when he... Um, saw that in me I started taking uh, poetry more serious and I started writing poems and I used to think I was like a lover boy like I could write love poems you know what I mean <laughs> so I remember when we were going to Strickland I used to write poems and I used to I used to be the, the guy that I would write a poem for your girl like hey write a poem for my girl it's Valentine <laughs> that's cool so I, w- I was doing stuff like that and, so you um, are this you are so responsible for so many relationships that had developed a couple breakups probably <laughs> but yeah um like what was that <laughs> so i remember uh doing that and then um i started uh trying to write like more serious raps like mm. more realistic rap like not raps poems and um i wrote um a couple of poems man and uh you remember jesse jesse mendez yeah your cousin that's, right? yeah that's my fam he used to be the one that i would uh proofread like my poems to like i would show him what i was writing or what i was up to and he was the one that told me bro it sounds like you're rapping when you read these poems, it sounds like you're rapping. All you need is a beat. He's like, if you put a beat behind that, that shit would go so hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, what? And then so that kind of sparked the interest of rapping. And then that's when I say I, I discovered SPM and all that. And mm-hmm. then I was like, wow, maybe I can do this. You know what I mean? It's, I'm going to say you sound like you're rapping. I wonder if it was like a spoken word sort of thing. And he thought. I guess it was because I like I remember I used to have, I don't remember the exact poem, but I had a friend of mine that um, that passed away when we were like little kids. And um, I wrote a, a poem called 40 for my homie. 
You know what I mean? Like I was talking about pouring a forty. You know, mm-hmm. you pour a forty out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a song called like a little not a song but a quick poem called Forty for My Homie. And when I re- when I read it to him, he was like went crazy. Like, oh man, that's so fucking dope. Whatever, you know. So yeah, like I said, that's how it started. He like, he was the one telling me that I sounded like I was rapping. And then I met a few other people. Man, I remember the first time I met uh, my boy uh, Slim. You remember Slim Bobby Bobby Sears? Went to school with the him. The name sounds so familiar. Good friend of mine. We've kind of lost contact over the last few years, you know what I mean? But um, he was the first person that I ever heard that could freestyle. And when I first heard him freestyle, he like pff, blew my mind. Is this you who know? y'all used to do tapes of? Just like solo tapes who record and play yeah. for people and whatnot? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I know so what you're talking about. So we used to do that in my house. You know, we had like a little stereo that we could hook up a little mic into. And then we were even rapping into the speaker, using the speaker as a mic. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, that's, so that's where it all kind of started. That's how it all took off for me trying to do music. Like I said, Shane Shane inspired me to start writing, and then it was like Jesse inspired me to start rapping. Mm-hmm. And just and it was kind of weird. It's like over time, I've always been in the right places. I've always met the right type of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of people just me being Mexican or just being the, the little chubby kid. You know, like nobody yeah. they weren't taking me serious. You know what right. I mean? So as basically, I feel like I taught myself how to rap. A lot yeah. of people are born with like this natural talent that they can just go and go stupid you put hard. in the work yeah like i taught myself like he taught me how to structure my rhymes and i still use that you know when i write my my music and um i just kind of taught myself and how to how to do it you know because yeah. i didn't have no idea i used to try to freestyle and could not do it yeah. and i'm still not the best freestyler i'm more of a writer i've always considered myself a writer same you know? oh, we're here to promote self-taught if you ever want a good laugh <laughs> Let's get in a room and freestyle. Again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final question for this first half here is: What's your favorite part about creating music? Just the whole process, man. Um, I like I like the vibe. I like being in like a room with other artists and man, and just like feeding off each other. Like somebody might have an idea, and then you add to that idea, and then somebody will take it and take your idea and kind of twist it a little bit. I just like the whole creative process, like okay. the vibe that that you can get. And it's kind of hard to find that vibe with everybody. Mm-hmm. There's like only certain people that that I've seen over the years that uh, we can get in the studio, and make some good music, and make a lot of music like back to back. You and know? when it happens, though, yeah, goddamn, yeah, man. Ooh. Like I know, uh, I know what you're saying. I, like I, I had a friend of mine, uh, PC Problem Child. He was part of like the label that we were with back in like 2012. He passed away um, from cancer. But uh, him and my other boy, A1, well, they were like family. They're like cousins or something. But all three of us together, when you put us together, we would knock out so much music. And it would be like quick. One would do the hook. He would do a verse. I would do a verse. And it was just like we were knocking out songs. Mm-hmm. Like our vibe together was oh, got like. got each other. Yeah. Like y'all, people could not fuck with us. That's how I used to say Like, man, once we put this out, people can't, won't fuck with us. Man, it's just, just vibing with the artist, man. Yeah. Creating, you know. I dig it. You ready to talk about Bone Thugs and Harmony? Let's do it, man. <laughs> All right, so you're a busy man. In case nobody knows, he's uh he's working full time. He's producing in his off time. He's still got the family life. So yes, sir. he basically just lives the same life that I do. Yeah. And uh, so just always on go, man. So we don't have expectations here today if you haven't listened to all the music and done all the things. Yeah. But uh, if you want to chime in at any point, be my guest. All right. And I suspect you will. The first album we covered was East 1999 Eternal from 1995. Mm-hmm. This was my top album. Just- top. Classic. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm interrupting. No, you go ahead. I'm not sure where the flow is going. Classic, classic Bone Thugs and Harmony album. That's actually, fun fact, that's actually the first rap album I ever purchased. Same. And uh, and the way it happened, I was like, it was like summer 96. 
95, 96, and we, we used to go hang out at the mall during the summer. And I remember, I, I don't know how old I was, man, maybe like 11, 10, 11, walking through the mall, and uh, I found $20 rolled up on the floor. And uh, the first thing I thought about was Bone Thugs, because a friend of mine, Ishmael, had introduced me to Bone Thugs. We were sitting in his car, and he was like, my brother's got this tape. And he played, it was uh, East 1999, the Bone Thugs. So when I found that 20 bucks, I ran straight to Camelot. You remember Camelot music used to yes, be in the I mall? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I ran straight to Camelot music, man, and I bought the cassette. And that was the first album, rap album, anything that I ever purchased, man, like music-wise, you know? Let me ask a question, because I, I'm sure people like Rayburn will have no idea, but that album originally did not have that radio edit of Crossroads. It had yeah. the original Crossroads that you can find on, what's it, the collection, volume one now. Mm-hmm. Did you have that version because that's the version I remember owning as a kid. It didn't have that radio meet yeah, you at the no, crossroads. No, thing. I didn't was, have a radio. Like the, I, my, my family didn't care if it was edited or not. So I had the explicit <laughs> album. You know what there I mean? There you go. All right. Uh, out of the 17 tracks, I gave 11 fives. Well, it fell in the middle for me, but I gave five fives. My top track was Mo Murder. My Ooh. top track was Shots to the Glock. Shots to the Double Glock was your top track? Yeah. Double's written really, really small. <laughs> uh, bottom track for me was Mr. Ouija 2, which is weird because it's the intro to my favorite track. <laughs> same. Mine was the same. All right. Do you want me to just talk? No, you, no, you no I'll take it. No. So there's one song on there that uh, made me a fan of, um, the whole song that made me a fan of Bone Thugs, even before Crossroads or uh, First of the Month, was called, uh, the song was Die, Die, Die. Oh, yeah. And where they're like in a car running from the cops or mm-hmm. something, and the cops like being racist or whatever. That was one of the first songs I ever heard of Bone Thugs, and just like those skits on that song, like it was like a movie. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you could see it in my I could see it in my head. Instead of a chorus, it was yeah. film, and it's so visceral. Like, like you feel yeah. exactly what's going on. That, that was like one of my favorite songs on that album. You know, I just remember Chris driving me nuts with Mr. Bill Collector. I <laughs> love this song, man, but he would just play it so much. For me, this album adds a unique rapping style. Surprisingly decent singers when the harmonies work. Oh, yeah. Very nice beats. Makes some use of some vintage beats. And nostalgic as fuck for anyone that likes 90s rap. I cut my musical teeth on this LP. And remember it as the start of that massive CD collection I once had. Still feels strange to hear the Crossroads replacing the original Crossroads here, but you can find the original on the collection volume one. Both are fives anyway. Uh, This disc is a true gangster rap classic. Choruses can occasionally be sparse and it's a pretty dark listen, Mm -hmm. but everyone brings their A game. Time in a bottle for me. This album was is 23rd on the best-selling rap albums of all time. So I think that that... I'm actually surprised it's not higher. I was surprised <laughs> it wasn't right. higher either. But when I went to look at it, it was 23. I mean, that's still not something to shake a finger at, so... Next album we covered was Thug World Order from 2002. I was going for like a cross section of their mm-hmm. discography, by the way. So I'm not necessarily picking what I love. Yeah, but yeah. Thug World Order from 2002. This was my bottom album. This is my top. I'm not really familiar with that album, I don't think. That's more of their newer music, and I'm not really too familiar with that. Like, yeah. one of my other albums that they dropped that I liked was The Art of War. Yes. One the and Art two. of War was fire. A double disc? The one that had oh, Tupac yeah. on it? Yeah. Uh-huh. That was fire. That would have been what I picked, but I didn't want everybody having to listen to too much music, you know, so. <laughs> Out of the 16 tracks, I gave five fives. I gave six fives. My top track was a toss-up between Home and Pump Pump. My top track was Money Money. And my bottom track was Nonfiction Words by Eazy-E. Same. Which is sad. 
because it's yeah, easy talking. But yeah. I, I have to go check that out. I don't think I've I've remember I've heard of the album, but I don't remember the music on it. I don't remember the it's the like track a, list. Home at least like most of it I hadn't heard. I, I knew two of the singles there, but was it Home like a compilation, like a re-release of older music? No, or? it was a it was a straight release. Music? Okay, but they sampled Home by Phil Collins. Yeah, Take Me Home. I think I remember that. That's when they did a video for that and everything too, right? Mm. Okay. Which, if you don't know, Eazy E of NWA first signed Bone Thugs mm-hmm. and yes. was really, really important mm-hmm. to them. Uh, for me, this album seems to have increased in production value, offers more of a variety, and at times can be rather funky. The problem with this album is not the raps. It's most everything else. A lot of weak choruses, misplaced instrumentals, poor skits, and attempts at mass appeal. The verses are what keep this thing afloat. Too many hands in the production pot, big globs of cheese, and seemingly a desire to distance themselves from a fair amount of what made rap fans take them seriously in the first place. Yeah. Still a few winners and near misses, though. I, I can't Were they kind say of like, a bad album. They weren't a whole group at that time, right? Like They were kind of having like members leave the group. and I mean, anywhere and everywhere, you could say that. Uh, Busy's been out and in back and out, so in many out, times. Yeah. I mean, Flesh was in jail in for jail so long. In jail for like a long time. Yeah. You ask a lot of people, even people that were our, you know, they grew up with us or whatnot, they think of Bone Thugs as four people. Mm-hmm. They don't even realize that Flesh was yeah. part of the group. Yeah. But Which I forgot to mention it on the last album, but Crossroads, since we were talking about Easy e is dedicated to a couple of important people in the music industry, with Easy mm-hmm. being one of them. But a couple of names that they went by were the Band-Aid Boys and Bone Enterprise. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to mention that as well. Last album we covered was Strength and Loyalty from 2007. This was my middle album. This is my bottom album. Out of the 14 tracks, I gave nine fives. I gave three fives. My top track was Nine Millimeter. My top track was Windblow. Very well done, in my opinion. Just a Fleetwood Mac sample. Just it wasn't because <laughs> the Fleetwood Mac sample. I found it. Re- I found it refreshing because you I'm, took. I'm two- fucking with you, Ray. No, I'm going to state my case. You take two completely different genres, and they work. My bottom Fuck track you, was Shane. sounds the same. Same. All right. All yeah. of all of our our bottoms have been right there with each other. Uh, this album seems a bit rushed at times for me. Creative. A lot of collabs including Mariah Carey, Twista, The Game, Akon, and Swiss Beats. So if you like collabs, this is this is a good album to start with. No Busy, no DJ Unique. Producers like Jermaine Dupree and Will I Am. That's a guest a spot by Bow Wow. Yeah, that's mm. weird right there for Bone Thugs. At first glance, this shouldn't work, but Swiss Beats clearly had something to prove here because it's totally a bumpable vibe in most places a million miles away from the east 1999 days mm-hmm. but i'm not ashamed to admit that i enjoy the hell out of this spin wish really shines and you can tell how much they wanted to incorporate flesh's sound in his absence give it a shot if nothing else proof that not all change is bad speaking of collabs they were set to work with tupac mm-hmm. in a project called one nation but didn't due to Tupac's passing. R.I.P. Tupac. Um, and also, shut up, Shane. Also. <laughs> You're like the whitest person on the planet when you talk about dead rappers. <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> Love it. Before Jay-Z was famous, he battled Busy Bone and lost. So that's something. Busy Bone battled Jay-Z? Mm-hmm. Jay-Z is, is lost. Is there a video of that? I, I don't know. Like, I've never heard of that. That'd be something to either. check out If right anybody there. can find it, send it to us. Let us know. Send us a link. We'll uh, we'll put it on the mentions playlist if it's a real thing. And lost. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, man, I got I to gotta look into that. 
I can't imagine much of anyone going up against Busy and coming yeah. out on top. It just seems kind of... He can have his off days, I guess, but... I remember when we were kids, man, um, you know how it was kind of hard to understand them? Mm-hmm. Shane used to could rap word for word a lot of those songs, man, I remember. <laughs> we were at, at Cody's one you night. remember that? Yeah. And his fucking brother came in trying to talk shit. He's like, man, he's just making noise. That's that's He's just, he's imitating the noise. Yeah. No, let me tell you what he's saying. Yeah, I remember that, and that's the the memory I had in my head when you broke it down and like wrapped every word, and I was like, "Wow, you gonna break it down right now?" For no, us? I'm not. Ah, damn, I had to try. I'm a little slower than I used to be. <laughs> Let's say that uh, related acts here would be Mo Thugs. They have lots of solo and side projects, and I'm talking a lot. They produce a lot of music, and I feel like someday I'll go through it all, but I'm not there yet. I'm scared. Another episode, another day. I get turned off. Every time I go to look into the solo stuff, I remember Crazy Bone has these songs I want to hear, but I can't find them online. Like even more recently, he had something called Headhunters come out. It was big on YouTube, mm-hmm. but I could never find it on Spotify. It just dissuades me from from checking it out. Uh, for While we're talking about missing music, the collection volume one has disappeared off of Spotify recently for some damn reason. That shit reminds me of theater, Yeah. by the way. <laughs> That's when that was big. It's supposed to be like a greatest hits, but it's yeah, also okay. got a few just the original music. tracks yeah. on there. Like the Fuck the Police mm-hmm. remake that they did. I'm trying to think of some other stuff. I think you were the one there. that put me on to the Mo Thugs album. They had like the, you better count your money. Yeah. You remember that day? Oh, it was yeah. a ghetto cowboy or uh-huh. something like that? Yeah. I want to say that the Meet Me in the Sky video hits me in the nostalgic feels. Reminds me that all of my oldest homies are still out there connected to themselves by those threads of youth we used to hold on to together. I think their strongest element, and we can have some some discussion here if you want. I love Crazy Bone, man. I think they've yeah. all got distinct voices. I love Crazy Bone. Crazy's the hardest. Like uh, to me, he's the hardest man. Uh, they all go hard, but his voice is just something like unique, man. It stands out, and uh, his. I think he's one of the stronger lyricists out of the whole group. They all do their thing, you know what I mean? But yeah. he's like my favorite one. These fuckers don't age either. Yeah, they don't. I was tripped out watching them on stage, and I can say, because uh, I watched most of that Versus. That just I only came saw out. like the fight. I only saw like the I, fight and like a few little clips here and there, but I didn't I didn't get to check it out. I didn't expect the fight. I missed the train completely. And when it happened, I was like, what the, how does this go on for another two hours? Oh, really? And was that at the very beginning? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that far in, but the show itself lasted damn and near three hours. And it was busy that set it off, right? Yeah. He threw his mic at Gangsta Boo? I think a water bottle is what it was. Oh, I thought it was the mic. I was like, man, he just throw that at Gangsta Boo? Yeah. And then Gangsta Boo was the one talking shit in the background, right? I don't... I mean, really, I don't... They were heated to begin with. Yeah. It was all in good fun. But the reason I brought that up to begin with is I appreciate Lazy more having watched that because mm-hmm. he was a real peacekeeper at that mm-hmm. thing. And he really did do his best to make sure there was love on both sides of the aisle for that shit. Is he back to being lazy or is he still El Berna? Dude, I don't know. Do you remember when he was going by El Berna? He did like a solo a solo project going as El Berna, something like, like that. Busy's little ripster shit. <laughs> Music makes me feel like I'm smoking black and milds in a black lit room. <laughs> okay. No, I, no idea why. I, I, it's not experience. I promise you that. I'd like for Bone Thugs to collaborate with Strange Music, like Tech Nine's label. Yeah. I think that would be cool. Is Ritz still a part of that? Yeah. He's probably like my favorite artist on that label. I love Ritz. Ritz We goes were actually hard. joking recently because uh, she's got some rapper picked up for next season. 
and I didn't want to do rappers back to back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to go Yellow Wolf versus Ritz, but <laughs> she yeah, picked I the rapper, screw, so I we changed that it up. up. Anyway, that's good. That's a good verse. Uh, so it's become popular to hate on this group, and some of that seemed deserved, mostly in the middle of their career, but they continue coming out of nowhere with literal bangers. Like most artists who live to make music, they release way too much B-side material. Yeah. But anyone who sleeps on Bone or claims they aren't part of rap's spine is someone who deserves to be called out for the deaf idiot they are. These guys are to rap what Mortal Kombat's been to fighting games. And Good that's analogy. All I, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Good analogy. I like that. Anyway, let's take a break. Yeah. All right. So, Raven, what do we have today for this break? I don't know, Shane. What do we have for today for this break? <laughs> I'm surprised you're not like in panic mode trying to figure out what's going to happen, right? No, I've just come to the... Con- I I swear I live on the edge every time I enter this house to do this with you because you end up surprising me with something always. Let's get to it. So today's break, normally we do a music list mm-hmm. with music guests coming on. We're not going to do that. I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I got five songs that make me think about you. Okay. So that's what I'm going to go through. Uh, first one is actually a three, six mafia song. It's three, six in the morning. So it just reminds me of middle school days. Lots of listening to albums like this. I remember not having an appreciation for this iced tea cover until you wound up playing it a bunch. Yeah. Like when I first heard the album, I, I kind of skipped over mm-hmm. some of that and you were like, no, dude, listen, listen. And you know what? I think at the time I didn't even realize it was an iced tea cover. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause iced tea, that was way before our time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think back then I was more listening to the beats you know, and that's more than what they were saying. Because to me, I, I like them, but I never thought they were like the best rappers. I mean, even getting back to your true story stuff that's coming out, it was storytelling. Yeah. I think that was always the appeal. Like it didn't necessarily have to have a great chorus or anything. Like yeah. that. It was it was storytelling. And I knew I knew it was Ice-T, but I only knew that because her dad used to walk in the door screaming that shit at me all yeah. the time. Like he, Ice-T fan for mm. real back in the day. That's what I came into this world. <laughs> I am uh, your pusher by Ice-T. So. <laughs> Song number two is They Don't Dance No More by Goody oh, Mob. Oh man, yeah. It takes me back to like seventh grade. Exactly. I was heavy into it uh, right when some of us got together to watch WrestleMania. I recall making my mother endure it on repeat, both to and from the event. Uh, good time I likely wouldn't have had if you weren't keen on me being there. Yeah. You know, so Song number three, Talk Show Host by Radiohead. A song I didn't realize was Radiohead, but it is uh, because we were both really into the 97 Romeo and Juliet mm. after seeing it in theater class. Yeah. I can fucks with that. We wanted to like, uh, we used to have to, they wanted us to do like little skits and we were trying to like, was it Romeo and Juliet where we went and got like toy guns and stuff? And yes. we were trying to reenact it with guns. Like they man, did y'all had movie. a cool theater class, man. That was just first year shit. That wasn't even yeah, when we actually fun. had access we to the theater. We tried to do Gilbert Grape. Remember we were trying yes. to do the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, if memory serves, it's John Leguizamo's portrayal of Tybalt that you gravitated toward. And I would have said it was Romeo for me at the time. Uh, in hindsight, though, it's the friendship between Benvolio and Mercutio that probably reflects most the way we've always been down. Yeah. A plague on both your houses. I need, to, I need to watch that again. I haven't seen that in a oh, long time. But that was like a dope It is movie. one of my favorites. I'll, that's like a comfort movie for yeah. me. I it's just so like the whole spin on it, how they made it more modernized mm-hmm. and it wasn't like swords and mm-hmm. But they use the same text. Yeah. Which is great because illiterate ass people. But their that, swords were like guns. Remember? Yes. Had, that's what I liked about it. They had names and shit too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a, 
I tried watching Blood and Blood Out ahead of your coming over at one mm-hmm. because I it it takes me back. Yeah, but I couldn't find it streaming anywhere online. I wound up watching. Man, it's actually free on YouTube. Is it for real? If you type it in on YouTube, you can watch the whole movie on YouTube. Well, now I know. <laughs> I think I wound up watching like American Me or something. Just yeah. Uh, fourth song is Nobody Can Stop Me by Busy Bone. I bought this solo album one night while a bunch of us were by the mall. I don't really remember the specifics. I just know we wound up at someone's apartment listening to it for a while before I had to head home. It was Jesse or Nestor's crib, mm-hmm. something. It was right by uh, Mac Park. Yeah, I think Where? that was Nestor at uh, Country Park, right? Um, yes. McKinney? Yes. Yeah, that, that must have been Nestor. It was just one of those random moments we shared that always stuck in my head. Yeah. There's not a rhyme or reason. And last song, which this one's the big one for me, it's I Ain't Mad At You by Tupac. Oh, yeah. Uh, we interact occasionally on Facebook, but it's been half a lifetime now since mm-hmm. we've even sat in the same room. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either of us meant for it to be that way. No. That's just how a life of grinding can get between two friends with big dreams. I put this here to let you know that I know the reality of what's what. You and I will always be friends. Always. Some days I wake up and it takes me a minute to realize I'm not 12 years old anymore. Yeah, for real. Yeah, it's still just weird to think I'm not going to be kicking it with Chewy at school today. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like a blessing to have had a friend like you at all, though, so it remains nothing but love. Real shit, man. I feel the same way. Like I said, I, I our friendship means a lot to me, man. Um, we go way back. You know what I mean? Like I said, if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't be sitting here. Yeah, I wouldn't be wanting to talk to me today. You know what I mean? I don't so, know about that. But no, I wouldn't. I just feel like I wouldn't have been in the same path. I wouldn't have gone down the same path if it wasn't for Shane. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And that's a two-way street. There's so much love here, you guys. Group hug. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go talk about 3-6 Mafia. And honestly, just feel you like I'm chopping it alone. up with an old friend. You know what yeah. I mean? That's kind of the vibe. I actually used to get a lot of shit when we first started the show because we started doing these music lists where we told stories. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> she would never tell much stories. It was just bullshitting about the song. And I would come on with like these in-depth, way back in the day shits that happened. <laughs> and right? I'm like, uh-huh. She's cool. like, are you just doing this show so you can talk to people or <laughs> tell a bunch of stories from your past and shit? Like, that's kind of the idea. All right. Uh, Three Six Mafia. Friends, so. Sorry, go ahead. Six Mafia. First album we covered was Chapter 2, World Domination, from yeah. 1997. This was my top album. This was my middle album. That's like one of my favorite 3-6 Mafia albums. Out of the 22 tracks, I gave 14 fives. I gave four fives. We've acknowledged my five. Four. We've acknowledged my my fives are harder to come by. They're the tippy top. Don't judge me too harshly, Masa. Mine's, <laughs> mine's are just like bass lines for, I think it could be played on the radio type shit. Yeah. yeah. My top track was Tear the Club Up 97. Never thought I'd say that, but that's, I don't know. My top track is Late Night Tip. That's a good one. Bottom track was Studio Time, <laughs> even though it makes me laugh. My bottom track is any... Any of the first three tracks, which they were all skits, so. All right. You know, notes? You know I'm not big on the skits. Uh, too many skits. Beats are heavy and sick, and I mean sick in a good way. Can be a bit repetitive. I'm not a fan of the female raps. I know that there were, I know, Gangsta don't. Boo. I know, don't look oh, at me like that. She's always in here hating. When we covered the bard, she was hating on the female too. Like some of the, Don't the make best. it out to, that I am that I hate women or something. Keep going. The, the female rappers from that era to me were dope yes like the female rappers nowadays are just i don't know i don't i don't want to sound like i'm hating but i'm not a fan of most female rappers nowadays that's why i got so pissed off last night watching that versus shit because if i was gonna take of all the people on stage if i was gonna take two of them put them together from each side i want to hear busy and gangsta boo do an album together yeah, I no think shit. That like they were so beefing good. oh man <laughs> this is very southern rap inspired 
Lyrics can be lackluster, and since the album is when it is, it's a little low on budget, so that's to be expected. Yeah, I think that's kind of what they were going for. Yeah, yeah they were. That was like one of their first albums that was like kind of taken off for them, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were like new. And most people don't know how many members are actually in Three Six Mafia, or at least at this at this point, because we only really see Juicy the two J and uh, DJ Paul. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're like the representatives. Oh, I thought you were about to try to hit us with some knowledge. I was just waiting to correct no, you. No, 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 name no, all, no, the, no. all the members. Yep. No, I'm Six not. Six original members. I'm not two that big in my bridges. DJ producers, and two of them are actually dead now. So, Lord Coop Infamous. And Coopsta. Yeah. Yep. So, you still got Crunchy Black and Gangsta Boo there with DJ Paul. Yeah. And uh, Juicy J. Juicy yes. J. So with an instrumental bass that sounds like the underground celebrating Halloween, this is one of the few albums that deserves being in the ring with Bones East 1999 Eternal Effort. The vocal delivery is completely different though, much grittier and a bit less complex. Gangsta Boo and Crunchy Black make for some wonderful extremes though, some wasted space and tracks not fleshed out, but mostly a true terrify the neighbors sort of spin. This Love al- this disc. The first time i had ever heard three six mafia was hit a motherfucker which is on this album I bet you won't hit yeah yeah hit him up. God damn. my favorite yeah. one was mafia mafia yeah i forgot what it's called but that was my shit <laughs> my mom and logan i i have the, them to thank for, really? for that contribution do you not remember when mom was like into the rap game a little bit yeah it's just it seems grittier than what they would gravitate toward uh, logan especially played it but mom was like cruising in the Yukon, which was my, my first vehicle, cruising in the Yukon with her, with her arm hanging out the window, thinking that she was bad as shit with her Dada tops uh, yeah. on. <laughs> I go ahead and say she was if she was listening to this. She yeah. got Timbaland, Timbaland boots and Dada shirts. And I'm like, where the fuck do you find that, mom? <laughs> Again, going for a variety of albums here. Next we went with was Choices, the album from 2001. This was my middle album. This is my bottom album. Out of the 21 tracks, I gave five fives. I gave zero fives. Is that the album that had Sipping on Scissor on it? No. That's no, the that one was I, uh, When the Smoke Clears. When the Smoke, there you go. That's the one I wanted to pick, but again, I was trying to go for... Yeah. Top track was Pass Me. My top track was OV. Bottom track was Talking. Any of the skits. I feel like a broken record. Uh, beats are less original here, still too repetitive especially in the choruses, but overall the lyrics are a bit more creative. And if you like collabs, this has more than the previous album that we covered. This is a soundtrack album. It's got a lot of pointless skits and leans too hard into that crunk cheese. It's also pretty obvious that the group is fractured and spread too thin. Still some winners in the mix though, and some that come real close. Not their best released, and those occasional repetitive loops really drag the album down. For those that don't know, a couple of their original names were Triple Six Mafia and The Backyard Posse. Uh, Also keep in mind, these guys are Oscar winners because they uh, contributed a lot to the soundtrack of Hustle and Flow, which is my dad's shit. That's my shit, too. we loved that movie growing (laughs) up. Like, oh, it's so good. So are... With the name, are they were they like um, considered like Satanists, devil worshippers, or with the three? Or that was just yeah. Was that just a way to like get attention? And get well, there were six members. Them? Yeah, it was six members. I don't, I don't even the triple six mafia thing. I think there's six of them, and one of them 
had a rap style where he would do shit in triplicate. Mm-hmm. And I'm having trouble remembering. Like, it's just not as... They would explain those inferences mm-hmm. as lesser than they are. So they didn't get as much flack or any of that interview shit. Like, I, I think Tech 9 still gets that stuff. Yeah, like, like, if you listen to their music, they weren't talking no crazy shit like that you know what i mean but it was just a name and then i just saw like after the battle i seen this video like online where it was like busy busy bone was like talking about the verses and he's like fucking devil worshipers something like that and i was just like i was like i know they had the name three six mafia i was like but i don't i don't remember their music ever beaten there will always be someone to make something out of nothing so i'm pretty sure it's a thing with some people yeah because they used to say the same shit about bone and i just saw like um I think it was like a behind the music type thing about Bone. And they were talking about how um, a lot of their artwork kind of had like a dark feel to mm-hmm. it. And then, but he was saying it had a lot, a lot of like the Illuminati type symbolism on the artwork. And a lot of them had nothing to do with the artwork. They just thought it looked cool. Like somebody yeah. put it together and they were like, oh yeah, that's cool. And then now he, they say now looking back at it, they're like, wow, like it, they, they were giving us like an image of being like devil worshippers or Satanists or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they were also doing chants to Mr. Weezy. Mr. Weezy, you know yeah. I mean? Like it's all there if you want to But if you really listen it. to the music, it's, they weren't, it wasn't on no shit like that really. You no. know what I mean? Plus everyone was trying to outdo each other back then. So mm-hmm. murder, murder, murder. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like that was die, the thing. Die, die, die. <laughs> yeah. For real. And last album we covered here was Most Known Unknown from 2005. This was my bottom album. This is my top album. Out of the 17 tracks, I gave three fives. I gave five fives. Top track was Stay Fly. Papa My Collar, which keep in mind, this is the shit that I like grew up with. This yeah. is more in my age group. Remember, there's a six-year difference between us. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to hate you for it. Nothing wrong. Uh, bottom track was a toss-up between skit and outro. Same. This has less skits, though, than the previous. There's still a lot of collabs. It does hold a level of nostalgia for me. I make no apologies for that. Uh, but this is more high-speed tech beats. There was sounds of this time that were pretty popular, and they definitely leaned more into that at the time. I think the Choices album, but with fewer tracks and fewer skits. Though somehow the skits here are even worse serving as promos for other projects. The repetition also gets worse, and half of the group we started with is just gone. Most of the music is passable, but the effort as a whole feels really lazy, rushed, yeah, heartless, just in, in spots. I don't know. It makes me sad that this is their greatest success story. If you like the song Stay Fly, there's not much else here for you. If Poppin' My Collar is more your flavor, you may like this more than I did, and that's yeah. all I got. And, you know, um, one thing that I got to say about 3-6 Mafia is, like, the Chapter 2 World Domination was, like, my favorite album from them. That's, like, my introduction to 3-6 Mafia. They played that CD till it didn't work no more. You know what I mean? But I felt like as they, like, the albums you're talking about, I'm, I didn't really listen to them too much because, like you said, they're, I felt like they were, uh, the repetition, Yeah, they took, like, a lot of hooks and, like, recycled them. Like, they reused them, but they would just change the words. Like, I remember they used to have a song, like, Let me see, let me see, let me see your gold shine. That was, like, the hook on it, right? And then, like, an album later, they had a song that was, like, Let me see, let me see, let me see your tongue ring. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it was, like, they were changing the the words, the lyrics, but they were, like, recycling the melodies or the hooks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even, even further down the line, they'll take some of those old loops and loop them into a new song. Yeah. Not even just, like, a change on the lyrics but Mm -hmm. something else completely and watching verses last night what struck me toward the end is they do a lot of that you know club crunk yeah and the way they jump and the rhythm in which they're just jumping on stage 
it's pretty much the same throughout. Yeah. It's not to knock them. They've got some great beats. No, they do. They got some dope music, but it was just like, I think, I don't know what it was, but I, I felt, I've heard that on multiple songs, on multiple albums from 3-6 Mafia, where it felt like they were just being repetitive. They were doing like the same mm-hmm. shit, you know? And I, I think that's where I kind of lost interest. But when I listen to 3-6 to Mafia, I always go back to that album. You know what I mean? The chapter yeah. two. The chapter two world domination, well, man. rap was central. Yeah. You know, beats were a big thing, but it was it was centrally rap. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like DJ Paul was doing as much of what Juicy J wanted to mm-hmm. do back then. It wasn't as popular to do that kind of music. Anyway, gangster rap was still a big thing. Mm-hmm. So, so the, looking back at it, they were more like crunk rappers because they weren't really lyricists. You know what I mean? Like they were they're I could not bubblegum rap because there weren't like they weren't like hugs and handshakes you know what yeah. i mean but they were like um simple rap like one two three raps yeah you know what i mean like they were simple but it was more the melodies and the beats that caught your attention yeah you know what i mean well i was gonna talk about it a little later but for like me three six mafia was like catchy yeah but bone thugs was art yeah okay so it's just i can see that there's yeah. it, it it's two sides of the same coin but they're just the i think the intention behind it mm-hmm. is different i mean i'm not gonna fault three six mafia either i'm i really respect that they're still doing it and they're like the most imitated right now they're yes. like the most imitated most like sampled like mm-hmm. if you listen to a lot of these young artists that are coming up they have a lot of uh three six mafia influence yeah in their music you know what i mean so they're still doing their thing they're still i'm not taking nothing away from three six mafia just my my own personal opinion i just felt like um i think it, and it's the same thing with bone thugs like over time is like their music just started they weren't making the best music you yeah. know what i mean and their leads that are holding the group together in three six they're both producers. They're both DJs. You know, so to have to do with even the now they're the doing they're doing dope shit on their own. Yes, you know what I mean. Related acts here: the Killjoy Club, which is a few members from Three Six, along with ICP, and then you've got Hypnotized Camp Posse, mm-hmm. which was their labels. Other artists that a lot of people think are part of Three Six Mafia that are not like Lil Chat. Project Pat. The chat, right? Le yeah, the yeah. chat. Okay. What I say, Lil Chat. Lil Chat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking a lot today. DJ Paul has Herb's palsy, causing one of his arms to be smaller than the other. I've always wondered what was up with that. You know what I mean? I've seen him in videos where he doesn't seem to care. And I'm glad he's got that confidence. It's just still weird to see him on stage and kind of hiding it. You know yeah. what I mean? Looping the... He's always swinging that little towel. Yeah. The towel with that little hand. I never knew. I never heard the story about it. Like, I don't think I've ever heard him speak on it. He's just born with it. Yeah. But I've always... I Honestly, when I first heard of Three Six Mafia, I thought they were all like a little off or yeah. handicapped or something. You know what I yeah. mean? But then it was, it's just DJ Paul, right? Yeah. It's just him. I think this music would appeal greatly to ICP and Lil Jon fans. Yeah. Like those two categories coming together, I think it, it kind of hits nicely. Music makes me feel like I'm just a little too high. Okay. All right. <laughs> they did a lot of music for the heavy drug users, right? Like they mm-hmm. used to like promote that that shit in their music. Yeah. At, it would have been hard to keep up at one point because just like Bone Thugs with their solo material, this group has, like they produce so many mixtapes. Yeah. Yeah. I think on every album, they the title Weed was at least in one song on every album that we got. Oh, both these groups do weed songs. Oh, Don't yeah. get it twisted. <laughs> Big time. I think to be most successful in the future, they should just stick to the 3-6 Mafia as a group and cut all the weak material until they've got a solid album. Because every now and then they land on something that really wins and isn't just repetition. Most of the founding members would go on to form the Mafia 6, 
and their sound focused more on their horror roots. I'm not holding my breath for another world domination level release from 3-6 Mafia, but underestimating their potential has a tendency to be a mistake. Go hear the song Go Hard by the Mafia 6 if you don't believe me. So Masa. What's up? Bone Thugs, 3-6. Who are you choosing? I gotta go with Bone Thugs. Okay. All right, I got a harder question for you. East 1999 Eternal or Chapter 2 World Domination? because <laughs> i couldn't pick a winner man. i don't think i can pick a winner either because both of those albums were like major like they were like major albums for me like i list i probably played both of them till they stopped working mm-hmm. but honestly i would have to go with east 1999 okay just because like i said that was the first album i ever purchased as that a started. kid that was yeah that, that started, started it, it for me you know what i mean it's hard to say that, but I, I will go with Bone Thugs. I dig it. I definitely dig it. Uh, Bone Thugs won for me. It was close. Bone Thugs also won for me, and it was not close. 3-6 had a lot more songs, though. And, and they did a lot of newer music, too, right? Like, I saw yes. a part of it where they did, like, the, uh, was it the Players Anthem, National Players Anthem, mm-hmm. with the Pimp C mm-hmm. feature, and then I see that they had, like, Wiz Khalifa on there, and, uh, because he did, like, a song with Juicy J. So I seen that they did some newer music, but I didn't actually watch the whole battle. Like, I yeah. seen pieces of it. I need to go back and check it out. It was I've, a good week. I haven't seen it either, but yeah, it was a really good week, and... We got lucky with what all was going on in the world and covering these two artists. So yeah. I am mad at it. All right. Well, let's move on to some more questions for our guest here. Again, that's Masa Lopez. Go check him out. Spotify, SoundCloud. Everywhere. Yeah, anything. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Where can we find you? Everywhere. <laughs> um, y'all, go, y'all can find me at, at Masa Lopez. That's actually at Masa underscore Lopez. And on YouTube, uh, it's Masa Lopez 940. That's how you can spot the reels, by the way. We all have the underscore. (laughs) We were all late to the game. Somebody out there stealing our shit. Yeah, somebody got it. We're also going to be sharing a lot of his handles on social media. So if you want to find that all in one place, be on the lookout for that on our Radio Radio Facebook page. So Masa, who would you most like to make music with? And there's a lot of people that I've always wanted to do music with. I think it would be more like producers than it would be rappers. Okay. You know what I mean? I would like to do music with like uh, Dr. Dre, just because he's dope, legendary. Yeah. But then somebody else too that might um, bring something out of me that I don't, I wouldn't necessarily do. Maybe somebody like Pharrell. Okay. Ah, good, you know what solid I mean? choices. I like that. I have nothing to add, surprisingly. <laughs> I can get behind that. I think those would be good choices too. Yeah. It'd fit your style. Were you ever part of another musical act? Yeah, when uh, when we first started, um, when I first started doing music, me and Little Matt came into this shit together, and we, um, man, we had so many fucking names. Um, we started off as the Texas Writers, and then that quickly we got rid of that, and we went to uh, Top Notch Writers. We got rid of that shit too. <laughs> but it was me, Little Matt, and uh, Jesse. Jesse Mendez, my boy. He used to go by J Dub, J Nero. I don't know. He always changed his name too. But yeah, I was a part of that, and that's when we first kind of came into doing music, started doing music, and then um, we ended up starting, I, me, well, yeah, it was like, I started my own record label, what I thought it was, it was like my brand, it was called Reckless Records, so I was kind of like the the one running the shit, and I had like Little Matt, Slim, I had a few other artists that I grew up with that were kind of a part of our label. But I was too young and wild. I didn't know nothing about running a label. It was just kind of like a brand that we were starting, you know? Yeah. And then for a while there, like, I kind of lost interest in music, and I wasn't even doing it for a while. And there was another label here called Kickdoor Records that uh, my boy Easy Jr., I don't know, Jr. Morass, my boy, he goes by Easy. He That was his label. He started it. And it was kind of crazy because there were, there used to be beef between Reckless and Easy, but it was like on some personal shit, you know what I mean? Okay. Between me and one of the members had like a little personal beef, and it kind of spilled over to like Reckless versus Kickdoor. 
but ended up uh, anyway after we kind of put that behind us and then I, I i went and did a song one time with one of the artists there at that studio and they asked me to join kick door records so i became i was like an artist like a solo artist under kick door records and i was a part of that for like a few years and then um that whole situation was just a little weird because it was started by Easy, but uh, me and Little Matt kind of took the name and kind of like elevated it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then there was kind of like tension or within the label, you know? And then towards the end, I felt like I was, I wanted to be an artist, but I was more like running the shit, like booking shows and managing artists. And I was yeah. like, I was like, I didn't want to do all that. So I remember reaching out to Little Matt and uh, and everybody else. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to leave and start doing my own thing. And I'm going to start focusing on just myself and not other artists, you know? And so I left that in like 2000 and 2014, I think I left Kick Door Records, 2015. And I started Masa Music. And it was, I never, I didn't start it with like an intention to like sign other artists. It was just a way to kind of brand myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I had always been not necessarily groups, but they were like, what would you call it? Like a conglomerate or some shit? Yeah, of different like artists. individual artists. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was just like a bunch of artists that we weren't a group, but we always worked together. Yeah. You know what I mean? All under the same umbrella. Yeah, under the same umbrella type shit. But when I left all that and I started Masa Music, I, that's when I really just started focusing on me. And I stopped trying to like help put other people on. I know I kind of went all over the place just to answer your question. But yeah, I was a part of a lot of different little groups and uh, labels and stuff before I, I ended up just doing my own thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And even then, I, I didn't even mention I was a part of kick, uh, Cash and Respect. Cash and Respect. And I'm still man. a part of Cash and Respect. And it's like Cash and Respect is a label too here out of Ditton that was started by my boy Miller the Mayor and one of his artists, uh, Renzo. I don't know if you ever heard of Renzo, Mr. Bars on Deck. Mm-hmm. And... um. Yeah, like we were all, um, it was kind of like Kick Door slash Cash and Respect. And when I decided to leave Kick Door, um, Miller and Cash and Respect really got behind me. You know what I mean? And so it went to being kind of like Masa Music slash Cash and Respect. But Cash, like I said, Masa Music is not really a label. It's just my brand. And Cash and Respect, I consider that as the label that I'm under. You know what I mean? And there's no contracts or nothing like that. It's just like, those are my people. You know yeah. what I mean? So we have kind of like, I'm going to rep them and be with them forever. And it's and it's oh, it's open. Like, even if somebody was to come now and sign me and I'd go be with another artist or another label, yeah. it would still be Cash and Respect. And mm-hmm. I have a song called Cash and Respect on Mine. And that just means like, that's my shit. Like that's you know what I mean. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like if you ask me what I'm ripping, it's cash and respect online. Yeah. It's a little unrelated, but just want to say that as much as I miss seeing the hashtag, because I always thought it was not funny, but it was catchy, and the way I used it was humorous at times. The free little Matt. Well, yeah. But I'm I'm really glad to see that that he's free and he's down there doing doing yeah. well for himself. Marcos is doing doing great. What song do you most enjoy covering? I used to do that a lot. Like we used to do, you know, when we used to do the mixtapes, we used to always rap on other people's beats. You know what I mean? And um, I haven't done that in a long time. Well, actually, no, I'm going to lie. I'm, I'm lying. So a couple of years back, I dropped uh, Masa Flows. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was pretty much no hooks and there was no features. It was all me. And it was uh, pretty much, I was just rapping like on these other people's beats. And one of my favorite ones was, uh, it's a J. Cole beat, the Fire Squad. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Fire Squad. I just call it the Fire Squad flow because I just got on there and rapped like 32 bars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's like 
people hear that today, like, you know, there's still people that haven't heard it yet. So they're like, bro, when did you drop that? That's so fucking hard. But that's like probably one of my favorite ones. And I, I like it's it's hard beat. Like the delivery's hard. Like the shit that I'm saying is it's like I, that's probably the, my favorite one. I'd recommend it, by the way, to listeners. The Fire Squad. Flow. Yeah, it's yes, like I, I am one of those people who who doesn't normally like the songs that don't have any choruses or anything like yeah. that. But that, that whole that whole concept between uh, for I mean, on that project was just me rapping. Yeah. I just wanted to show people like, hey, I can I can actually rap like i'm not here making cheesy catchy hooks i just want you to see that i have like the lyrical ability yeah you know what i mean yeah if you were going to change your sound what genre would you take on i've always wanted to do like rock music man i've always yeah. wanted to be like a, i always wanted to be in a band like as kids you know when we were growing up um i always wanted to be in a band like a lead singer i can't play instruments you know yeah. but i've always wanted to be like a, a rock star man or in a rock band or something maybe maybe someday someday yeah. i don't know what i would do but that's always been something i wanted to do man you mentioned feeling like you were too old i was watching that verses last night and it made me think no we're still okay we still got some time <laughs> yeah maybe when we are too old Maybe maybe we'll turn to rock when all else fails. Yeah. We'll, we'll see kind of like that's you know, and it's crazy because you see like um, what's his name from the House of Pain, Everlast, Everlast, Everlast. Yeah, not Everclear. Everclear. That's liquor, right? Well, there's an Everclear band that oh, also yeah. makes rock music. And who is it? I like love that, that like, you thought of the liquor first. <laughs> so that's where my mind goes. And um, Kid Rock's like that too, right? Like he's kind of yeah. doing more country and stuff mm -hmm. like that now. So it's like you know, there's always a way to transition, you know. And it seems like once they I guess rap or something. Because they, like House of Pain, they started rap. And then Kid Rock did like rock rap. And then he, like now he's doing more like country, mm -hmm. rock and roll type Evolving. shit. Evolving. Right? Yeah, but they he still have, like his live shows are dope. Like I've seen him on like uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. And you see that like, he kind of puts all that shit in his mm -hmm. show. So yeah, but I'd say rock, man. Because like, I love rock music, man. Even now, I get tired of listening to rap. So I drive around all day and I listen to uh, like the Eagle. You know what I mean? And okay. I listen to all the old old Red Hot Chili Peppers and all that. And But I love like Seether and like Breaking Benjamin. And um, You got to be careful talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. Somebody was just all complaining right. about hearing it on the radio. I love I love all that music, man. I grew up on it. So it's like uh, rock is like my second favorite genre, I guess you could say. It's a good genre. Uh, what's missing from your online discography or song library? A lot of my music. <laughs> yes. A lot of my music is missing because I was like kind of, I think I was late to getting on online like that like the distribution yeah. and when i first started doing music and even all this time over doing music i wasn't doing my business right like i wasn't purchasing the beats i wasn't getting contracts oh, okay. or leases and stuff yeah. like that so i have lots of music that's not on these platforms because i technically don't own the rights to it you can find some of that shit on like soundcloud or or YouTube, like those type of platforms. But as far as like Spotify, uh, iTunes, all that shit, there's a lot of music that's not on there. Because I really don't, even now, I don't have a lot of music on these platforms. I have like a few singles and I have like my last album. But even like Masa Flows with the album I was telling you about, the little mixtape I dropped, you can find that like on SoundCloud and YouTube. But because there were other people's instrumentals. You don't have um, the copyright. Yeah, I don't have the copyright. A lot of that shit got taken down. Or like even, uh, like I did a, a, a song to that uh, Kodak Black's, the skr, skr, skr. Mm -hmm. I did like my own little flow to that. And like they took all my publishing from that song, yeah. you know. So it's like, there's a lot of music that I have that's not uploaded. But it's because, like I said, just me being independent. And I've kind of learned all this shit as I went. And like, um, I didn't have my business together, man. I had my business right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we would love to play music on this podcast. But it would get rather expensive very quickly. You guys yeah. have to pay like the royalties. Or... Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Or they, these days they just hit you with copyright strikes, you know, yeah. copyright infringement and you go under. Yeah, I was tripped out this morning, though. I was going to change my profile song to one of your songs and I looked your name up. Like I hit Masa Lopez on Facebook and I was like, oh, there's shit here I've never even seen. Right. Yeah. And on mine is the one I keep coming back to. Your song on yeah. mine, and that's one of them too. That 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 song right there, like I don't own that beat. I just kind of heard the beat. I heard another rapper that did a song to that beat, and uh, their song was dope as fuck. And I was like, I like that beat, so I'm gonna do something to it. But I, I flipped the song completely, so it sounds nothing like the other rapper song. You know okay. what I mean? Nice. And I got a lot of love for that song too, but because really I don't good, own right? it, I can't. See you later. And Sweet. we shot like a like a uh, we went to L.A. and we shot like a little low budget video for it. And so I've only can do so much with shit like that when you don't own the rights to the mm-hmm. beats or to the music. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's are crazy you? now. Like so, there's like artists that I like I record right, and these guys are taking beats off of the YouTube, oh. and then they're like putting them on Spotify and shit. And I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? Like, I didn't even know you were able to to take somebody's song you don't own and upload it on Spotify. I have a feeling that if any of it ever got popular... Then they would come. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was telling them out there. I was like, you're able to do that? They're like, yeah. I was like, well, if that song ever blows for you, then that's when you're going to have an issue, man. Mm -hmm. Like, that producer, whoever owns that copyright, is going to come and either shut you down or they're going to try to hit you over the head for all the money you're Mm -hmm. making off of it. And I know a lot of artists would rather that because at least they popped and got big with something. So now people know their name, even if it does get removed. But you could lose your whole shit. No, they could sue you and take everything from you. They shut you down, man. Yep. But yeah, on mine, I have to point out one more time, it's missing from Spotify, so can't yeah. go looking for it, listeners, but it's but a great You can great find song. that on uh, SoundCloud, if you want to check that out, it's on SoundCloud, and it's also, we have a video, and I think the official audio is on YouTube, so y'all can check that out there. Well, I'm going to be there later anyway, going to watch Blood In, Blood Out again. It's been <laughs> so many years, man. I want to say Shane said it enough, but really, thank you for taking the time to be here to have this conversation man, with us. Man, I appreciate you guys having me. And uh, like I said, it, it should have been a lot sooner, you know, but, you know, some life again, like I said, it kind of. And I wanted to ever. do this just because I've kind of been like in a little slump, I feel like, the last few months. And I'm trying to like climb my way up out of it and be creative again and get back in in, in the yeah. mix like i used to be so i was like i definitely if i'm gonna do that i want to come out at my boy i'm here for it thank you thank couldn't, you. couldn't have asked for better conversation from a cooler guest thank you i do have one thing before we go yes right. so i want to uh promote the studio so uh me and my boy miller the mayor uh, we just opened up the Den Recording Studio here in Denton. We're actually located at 813 North Locust Street, Suite 111. And um, we got good quality sound, man. And it's a nice, comfortable and professional environment for everybody. So if you need studio time, any genre, man, holler at us and we'll get you in there, man. We'll get you sounding right. You know what I mean? And the rates look extremely solid right now. And we're now, keeping so it really affordable for everybody. We're keeping <laughs> it affordable because we know all these artists out here, even though they talk about having money, not every artist has money like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you know what? We're trying to make it affordable and still give you that quality sound, man. So for right now, hit us up and we got you. And also, one more thing. I'm sorry. No. Um, y'all keep a lookout for True Story. It's my new EP. Um, it's actually already ready, but I've been, I want to add a couple more songs to it. So I think I'm going to, I might switch some stuff, move some stuff around. So I'm working on some new material, um, but that should be out soon. So y'all stay tuned for that. And what I've heard of it, completely on point. Appreciate that. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Hit up our playlist on Spotify, visit our merch shop, share our show with your friends. Come find us on social media and let us know what you think. And until next time, fill your world with music. And if you ain't listening to Masa Lopez, the fuck are you even doing? Real shit. Real shit.